Hi, I'm Bukeka. I'm the B. And I'm Enolia. And I'm the E. Together, we are B Empowered. The universe is calling, calling, calling. The universe is calling me to be. The universe is calling me to love beyond my boundaries. The universe is calling me to be. It's calling me to listen more, talk less, and hold the light. The universe is calling me to be. We believe that deep in our souls, we hold conversations. But for whatever reasons, we do not always take the opportunity to speak from our hearts. We want you to imagine that you're sitting right here with us now, sipping a cup of tea or coffee at our dining room table, and we're having that conversation. You know, the one that encourages, inspires, and motivates you to the infinite possibilities that your life has to offer. Let us help you to expand your imagination, to create your beautiful dream into reality. It starts right here and right now because the universe is calling you to be. The universe is calling me to sing into the heavens. The universe is calling me to sing. Anolia, how are you today? I'm so well, Bukeka, and I'm so happy to be here for this podcast. Excited to speak with everyone. Hello, wherever you are in the world. We are so happy to be here. We are happy to be here. Folks, if you can see the smiles on our faces, <laughs> we are definitely happy to be here on this uh, BE Empowered podcast today. And boy, you know what, folks, when we were going over what we wanted to share today, we came up with some tough stuff. And so today we're talking about sexual assault, transcending sexual assault, but finding that, that moment of bravery, that moment of bravery. And we really think that this is going to be something that is going to help a lot of women uh, around the world. And, you know, we know that men also have this experience too, but, you know, I think that, you know, as we were discussing in Nolia, uh, women find themselves in this situation uh, quite often and um, it's, it's worthy of addressing. It's a tough subject, but it's worthy of addressing. You're absolutely right. And, um, you know, I want to emphasize the fact that you said it's a tough subject because, not only is it a tough subject, it's a taboo subject. People don't want to talk about this. This is the subject that is associated with guilt, with shame, with victimhood. Yeah. And as we were 
discussing this a little bit earlier, the reason why we wanted to talk about the subject is that there are many women and some men too, but they, they have that brave moment, that moment of courageousness. They are able to transcend what took place, not the fact that the activity didn't take place, but they could find that courageous and brave moment within themselves to confront it right at that time. And that's happening more and more and more in, in these scenarios. And I think it's worthy of speaking about, don't you? I do, I do. You know, I was on a, pa a panel discussion with uh, a group of people focused on diversity, uh, equity and inclusion in the workplace. Mm -hmm. And it was a wonderful opportunity to just kind of share with people why that topic is so important. But in the midst of that, uh, the facilitator asked me to talk about brave space. And I shared with them a moment when I was about 22, 23, where I was in the workplace, I was doing some filing, and this was when you, when there were file cabinets, right? <laughs> and I was bent over, putting a file away, and the vice president took it upon himself to hit me on the ass, hit me on my butt. And um, I had to find some brave space within myself. I had to find some brave space. And you know what really allowed me to do that? I had to think about my mother. My mm -hmm. mother, you know, um, uh, was a powerful, powerful woman. And of course, at the time she was with me, you know, 20, but 30 years ago <laughs> or more. And, uh, and, but I thought about her and I thought about all the things, well, the ways that she had to be courageous and where she had to step into her brave space. And I borrowed that in that moment. And, but it took everything I had to knock on that president's door and say, I need to tell you what your vice president just did to me and that I didn't appreciate. And I was terrified, but I, I had to make a choice. I'm either going to allow that to happen and knowing that that could and create other opportunities for him to do that again, or step into that brave space and make sure that it never happened again. What do you think? I think that you found your courageousness within. I think it takes a lot. This is when fear kicks in and a lot of times fear drives the end results. And I applaud you. I really, really applaud you. You know, each one of us, comes from our belief system and our background in which we understand clearly that nobody should be touched, especially in the workplace. Yeah. And what happens is that the, these liberties are taken and I, I'm listening to your story and I'm making it akin to how I grew up. I grew up in New York City and you know, my mom and dad had to share with me that there are certain rules period to how one conducts themselves 
when they tend to be alone and especially as a woman. And there was like this unwritten street rule. And the street rule was that if someone approaches you quietly, that means that they don't want attention drawn to themselves. So they're, you know, attention drawn to their activities or what is taking place or what they are about to do. And if you are the target for that, then draw attention to yourself to make sure that people understand that something's taking place. So in other words, if they approach you quietly, then you get loud. Yeah. But if they approach you loudly, then they might be a little off mentally or crazy. You get out of there. Yeah. You just figure out how to get out of there because they don't care about the attention that they're drawing. And I remember being in the workplace also and having to deal with um, a, a, a male on a project as I was sitting there typing at the computer, working on a project plan and he was the only person there contributing to that project plan alongside with me, decides that he's gonna put his hands on my shoulders and massage my neck. And my reaction was so abrupt and curt and like, what the hell do you think you're doing? You know, and she immediately stopped. And so I thought that that was enough. I thought that that was appropriate. It was enough, I was courageous. But then a few weeks later, I recall walking in with a bunch of coworkers and he decides to put his hand on my shoulder and start rubbing my shoulder up and down as I'm walking into a building. And my first reaction is, I thought I told you, don't you ever put your hands on me in which all of my coworkers turned around, focused all on him, like what the hell was he doing? Don't you ever touch me again. And so my experience was that I learned from home, New York City, from street rules that I had to get loud. I had to make sure that everybody knew what he was doing because he was counting on my silence. Counting on your silence. He was counting on the fact that I wouldn't be brave enough or courageous enough for saying to say anything, or I'd be kind of courteous and, you know, quiet and meek and going, oh my goodness, please don't do that. Or, you know, um, just kind of shuck it off and not say anything. But I got loud, aggressive and angry. And I drew all of the attention to exactly what he was doing at the moment he was doing it because that's what I knew because that's how my mom taught me. Yeah, yeah. I wanna pick up on what you said, if that's okay. Sure. I want to pick up on what you said about counting on my silence. Mm. Do you know how powerful that is? I mean, that so resonates because we are many times taught to be silent. I mean, really people in, in you know, children in general, you know, we're, we're taught to be silent, right? We, mm-hmm. we had to coach people and, and get in front of those um, audiences where we tell the story about how many times we're told no before we're a certain age and how many times we are told the story children are meant to be seen and not heard so oh yes that right? one. 
Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, so we're, we're, we're taught that at some point with the girls, um, that story continues, right? Some, mm-hmm. Most times with boys, that, that story stops. You know, they're, they're taught to be loud and they're taught to be leaders and they're taught to be the ones that are in control and telling people what to do. That's, I mean, that's the way that, um, uh, you know, kind of our uh, humanity uh, guides us into how we are to be as boys and girls, right? So the girls then are taught to be silent and to step back and to be subordinate and so forth and so on. So when you said that, Oh my gosh, that tells me that our society is counting on our silence. They're not, especially in the workplace, they're not counting on us to do anything or say anything. You are so right. I cannot even highlight how important what you said in terms of the fact that silence is counted on. It's interesting, you know, I'm with my fiance here in Africa. And we go to a family gathering and, you know, they have a great number of nieces and nephews. I I would say there's about 12 nieces and nephews or maybe 15 and eight of them are girls ranging from the ages of eight years old to 21 years old. And the fathers decided that they wanted to have a family meeting. This is something that we don't necessarily do culturally in the United States. And in deciding that they're gonna have a family meeting, the fathers wanted to talk to the girls, but they wanted to talk to all of them so that they wouldn't single out any one child for the behavior, which that's really what they wanted to address with one or two of the girls who were teenagers, but they talked to all of the girls and they asked me to join them. And it was the most interesting thing because as elders in the families, as the older ones in the families, all of the fathers sat down and, and myself and I, one, the first thing I was, well, where are the women in this? So that was interesting to me, but culturally, this is how it's done. I, you know, and I was invited, so I just go. So we sit down with the young ladies and it was, great that the fathers were saying, you know, you have to be careful of the men, you have to be careful of activities, you have to be careful of how you're approached, so on and so forth. But as a woman speaking to them, I talked to them about the value of their bodies. I talked to them about that they are worthy of being treated like queens and and like gold. I talked to them about how do you view yourself? Because if you don't value and you respect yourself, then others won't see you in respect and of value. That what you say is powerful and what you say is important. How you see yourself is important. That you are more than just your body. That you are intelligent, loving, caring, nurturing, you know, you have the ability to to give birth to children, so that's powerful. But you have the ability to be a global influencer, an entrepreneur, teaching many other children, and to work with each other 
that if you see your younger cousin struggling, have the conversation with her. And younger cousins, don't be afraid to ask the older cousins what's going on and support one another and take care of one another and communicate, communicate, communicate. And I was sitting here thinking, going, if we did that as a family unit, we have half the problems that we have. You went back to your mom. I went back to my mom. I have a sibling, my, my sibling and I are 15 years apart, my big sister. And when she was around, we, we are the closest ever. But, you know, I didn't have a lot of siblings. I only had my mom. And then our family units aren't close. Like I saw this family unit gathering of the family of the cousins and the aunts and the uncles and close. What a learning I had. Wow, that is really powerful. You know, when you were talking, I thought about all these messages that they're instilling in, in, this, in these girls and how, and we're both spiritual people. You know, we, you know, you and I are, are we talk about that. Yes. And when you think about the fact and you expand that into the, equity and inclusion, uh, we are all made by the same divine creator. And so there's no way that, that the divine creator would have said, well, I'm going to put some, I'm, I'm going to divide or, 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 or you're not going to have all of the universal properties because you're a girl, you're, you're not going to have all of the um, divinity and worthiness because you're a girl. You as a divine expression of life have everything within you that I am, <laughs> right? Right. And that goes across the board. It yes. goes across the board. And so that is one message that I think is coming out of this conversation. The people who are listening, you are divinely and innately embedded with all the perfection of the universe, no matter what your gender no matter what your color, no matter who you are, you are divinely embedded with the divinity of the universe. So um, when we know that, man, I feel right now, I've stepped into some brave space right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm going to go back to they count on our silence. Yeah. And I want to applaud the many, many brave people who dared to confront right at that moment and be courageous enough to report it immediately. Also, yeah. I'll bring another scenario because it happens in more places than just the workspace. 
Yeah. You know, predators are are bold. And again, I'm going to go back why it's so important not to be courteous, draw attention to yourself, get loud, scream, shout, whatever it takes to draw attention to yourself at the moment of whatever is taking place. Yeah. Because I remember I was, um, when, when, I was when I was married and I was with my family in Italy and we were in a train coming from the Vatican to our hotel and the train was really crowded. So I was sitting independently. My boys were sitting across. My husband was, at the time, was standing. And so we didn't look like a family unit. And, you know, later my husband at the time told me that he spied this guy staring at me. And I didn't, you know, I, I was clueless. I'm just in my own world doing. And he said that he watched this guy as we got on the elevators from the base of the subway to go outside. My boys were standing right behind me. Um, and he watched this guy manipulate, trying to get it between me and the boys. And I still wasn't noticing. And he was further back. So I wasn't noticing him. And he knew that I would just wait for him at the top of the elevator. So as we were exiting the elevator, the boys lagged, this guy cut in front of them, got directly behind me, and then he just grabbed my butt. He just grabbed my ass. And the New Yorker in me, I didn't even see who it was behind me. I just felt what was happening to me. I turned around full fist and swung. Wow. And that, it was just my reaction. That was, that's, that, you know, somebody touch you, boom. I didn't invite anybody touching me. Nobody should be touching me. And my husband at the time knows, you know, nobody, he knows my reaction. He knows my background. So when that happened, the guy was in shock. And then my husband, because he hadn't put two and two together, immediately got in between the two of us and took care of it from there. Yeah. And the boys were just like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And I explained to our sons because they were clueless what took place, what my reaction was. And how I didn't understand the impact of what it took for my boys to see my bravery. I didn't understand what it took for my husband to be able to, at the time, to be able to come to me and say, thank you for being courageous. And thank you for having that kind of reaction. And because not only did I hit him, I started yelling, who the hell do you think you are putting your hands on me? And that whole crowd of people getting off the elevator stopped, circled him. He was seen, he was caught red-handed. And then when my husband at the time got in between us and took over, again, he was seen, he was caught red-handed. And it wasn't just the fact that it was important for the boys to see how their mother responded, but it also helped any other woman later down the road because that man being busted and caught, humiliated and hit from me. Yeah. And then further insulted from my, my, my husband at the time will think twice about ever putting his hands 
on somebody again like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, when we were um, talking prior to getting to this message, you were talking, we were talking about how there are so many women that are looking for love and they're looking for um, a, a man to validate them. But you know, I think what they're also looking for, I think they're also looking to feel safe. I think they're trying to find someone that will help them from being in those situations, which is not an authentic way to be in relationship, which is why a lot of times relationships don't last because they're starting off with something that is not necessarily love. It is a time in which we can learn how to be the empowered beings that we are. And you learned all of that way before you got married. That was something that you learned as a woman, you know, from your mother, from um, uh, the things that you were taught. But a lot of women are not taught that. And so, um, and I will honestly say that I am one of them. You know, my mother was a huge, you know, um, powerful being, but there were aspects of her how she was taught to be a woman and how she was taught to yes. um, uh, learn how to be in relationship that I also learned and took on to uh, be a detriment in relationships, right? So I often um, allowed things to happen that I shouldn't have. I allowed things to happen that I shouldn't have because I felt that I was supposed to let this person approach me in a certain way, or that if I did push back, it could hurt my career, uh, which is what a lot of women are taught. Um, I entered into relationships because I felt like um, it would keep me from uh, having to be single and pray. I, I will, I would have to say that. So um, when we step into that brave space, Anolia, we are stepping into um, when we, when we find our bravery, we are finding something that is enormous within us. And, um, and when we do that, we impact others and we help others and we help other women do the same. And if this podcast doesn't do anything else, um, if we do that, then that's enough. I, I, I feel that you are so right. You know, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching and I, I just wanna say that I come across powerful, powerful women who have been assaulted in the past taking classes to how to protect themselves and then have an encounter where they're able to protect themselves and nobody's there to applaud them. And I just want to say this, I applaud you. I applaud you. I work with uh, people that have dealt with situations in the past and they're figuring out how to 
allow that past to be the past so that they can live their life courageously and strongly without looking through the eyes of fear, without looking through the eyes of pain. And I applaud you. I think that we have to pause for a moment to all of those who have figured out how to transcend this scenario, protect themselves, coming from under the cover of of silence and calling out what has been done and what has been seen or, or what others felt that they could do in front of you. Because some, some predators just do stuff in front of others saying, I dare you to, to tell on me. Whether they're the target or someone else's. I applaud you. And if you're not one of those women and you're holding it in, find help. Yes. Yes. That can, someone that can help you heal yes. and move past the story and find your inner strength and find your bravery. It's imperative. Stop the cycle. Find your voice, find your strength. Because again, it's the silence that's counting on you. We hear that phrase, silence is golden. Remember that? Silence is yeah. golden. When it comes to this, silence is not golden. Not golden. You're absolutely golden. right. You're absolutely right. So this was a hard, hard topic. We pray that we've done justice to those of you. It is our intention to just be able to talk about some of the things that are taboo, some of the things that are hard to discuss. And uh, just know that you are loved, you are cared about, and that we pray that if you got something out of this, that it helps you. Well, it's always a pleasure, Anolia, and I love you dearly, sister. Uh, this has been a, a wonderful episode of uh, Be Empowered, and we look forward to having you come back to our next um, podcast event. Thank you so much, Anolia, for your words of wisdom and your beautiful um, contribution to this uh, relationship. I, I love and adore you, my sister. I love and adore you, Bukeka, and thank you. Thank you for daring to share into this conversation and, and sharing the personal stories and just being vulnerable and, and, and the loving heart that you are. We're, I'm appreciative of your friendship and your love and so grateful that you're here. And to our audience, we, we love you, we thank you, and we, we pray that you find some golden nuggets within here. And uh, again, thank you for being on BE Empowered. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows in the future. To learn more about our co-hosts, check out their websites. 
www.bukekastyle.com and www.enolia.live. Learn about their masterclasses for conscious transformation, their personal coaching, along with their international retreats and expeditions. Are you an entrepreneur looking for another line of income? Check out www.planetmarketing.com slash enolia and www.planetmarketing.com slash bblakemore. We are here to transform your life. Thank you for listening.